0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mburiwa Okavaza, and for today, uh, we are talking about, uh, you know, what's actually going on out there in the world. So much going on. Usually, we wait until Friday to talk about the economics, but there's so much going on um, that uh, we just had to touch on what's going on on a Wednesday. And particularly, um, oil prices, because um, oil has really been affecting us. As consumers and as businesses uh, you know for the last uh, you know half year or so with uh, fuel having recently recently touched 20 rand and now some predictions saying that we might see it going all the way up to 40 rand especially because of what's going on now with the russia ukraine crisis which has pushed up um oil prices to new, new record highs i think brent crude crossed the hundred dollar mark the other day uh for the first time since about 2014 and right now it's been playing around um uh, that 130 140 range uh, some people predicting it could go up to 150 160 uh, so we're going to be talking about that and then also at the same time you know we are in a new round of load shedding in south africa what does all of this mean so to help us to unpack um, you know where we're going what all of this means and uh, what people should be looking out for um, we are joined uh, by uh, Koketso mano who is an economist over at fnb so greetings to you today
1: greetings Mudiwa. thank you for having me
0: no 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 thank you so much for being with us today i think a good place for us to start usually we want to know uh, about the organizations that people come from but B is one of those household names that everyone knows about so rather um we can get straight into um what we're here to talk about fuel at 40 rand is that a realistic thing is this on the realm of possibility or are people panicking a bit too much with some of these predictions
1: yeah i mean it's a, it's a very topical issue at the moment i believe the issue around fuel prices really started to become a center stage late last year already you know as people started to grapple with the fact that fuel prices in South Africa would be breaching that 20 rand mark. And already there were calls on government to look do something to alleviate the pressure off of consumers and businesses. And so going into this period where we've been, you know, confronted with this conflict between Russia and the Ukraine and Russia being one of the top producers globally of oil, it has really raised concerns about where brand crude oil prices could go. Right now, as you've rightly said, we are dealing with or we are confronting prices around the $130 per barrel range. Um, It has raised concerns about what that could mean for fuel prices locally. You know, we get updates from the Central Energy Fund or the the Department of Mineral Resources and Energy. And what we see from that front is that currently with just eight days into this month, we're looking at around a 2 rand 30 increase. So it's quite substantial. And that would put um petrol prices at the pump close to 24 rands you know but I think all these estimates, we have to be aware, they're very, very reliant on the assumptions that people make or analysts make with regards to Brent cool oil prices, where those prices could go. Um, we're dealing right now with scenarios where we run um, oil price ranges around $150 per barrel. And it also is important to remember that there are assumptions on, on the RAND as well, because that would also impact what kind of estimates you're getting on the, on the fuel price. So let me start off with the oil price, right? Um, I've already mentioned that Russia is one of the top producers, and yesterday... We heard from the United States presidents that, president that, um, you know, they are going to sanction energy imports, uh, from, from Russia. So that will be something that continues to place upward pressure on oil prices going forward. However, we are cognizant that the U.S. is trying to look for, you know, alternatives to fill in the gap where Russia may no longer, um, provide oil prices. And they also did make a very important statement that not all countries are in a position to ban um, energy imports um, from from russia so so it's not going to be a it's probably not going to be an immediate global decision um, or amongst uh, the united states allies. however, it was important to to see that you know the united states is taking that step to to ban um, uh, imports from russia but i just want to to note that you know even before this official ban seems as though importers were already trying to cut down on oil imports from Russia. So, you know, from a market perspective, they might already have been, you know, this pressure from, from um, sanctions uh, to, to Russia may have already been priced in. So it's, it's, it's still, you know, touch and go with regards to how far, um, how much further oil prices can still run. That's one thing. The other thing is that um, as I've mentioned, the US is looking for other, um, you know, sources of, of, of um, oil Oil or other other imports um, or countries that could import oil, uh, they could import oil from. And those include Venezuela, for example, Iran. Um, we're not too sure how that deal is going to pan out, but that's an, a possibility as well. The other possibility is um you know, uh, your OPEC um, producers, you know, they could also ramp up a little bit more oil um, on a monthly basis then that could help alleviate on a global scale, the the, the price of, of Brent crude oil. Um, the US also mentioned yesterday, the, the president also mentioned that um, domestically in the us you know there's still quite a bit of capacity that hasn't been tapped into um and there is that potential that the u.s could also ramp up its oil production so you know and uh pardon me I forgot that they've also you know uh, i think, i believe it was last month that they that they um announced that they will be releasing uh from the us 30 million barrels of oil from the strategic reserve and they would also be um, working in coordination with other countries that will also release another 30 million so in total it's about 60 million that has been released uh, from the strategic reserve also to alleviate oil price pressure so so in in total i mean it's it's hard to say exactly where these prices are going to go we we definitely do view that the that the risk is to the upside but it's important to note that they are these dampening effects that could come through and maybe oil prices won't run as as, as far as we may think that they will. So taking that into consideration, we are working with alternatives of around $150 per barrel. And in those alternatives, we we get to um, uh, petrol prices of around 27, 28. um, By the end of this year, you know, peaking closer to about 30, you know, um, uh, in, in terms of a, a single month's price. So, so, the, the the 40 would also probably be affected by what assumptions you make on the rand. I think you may have already noted that um, the rand has not run off as much as you know could have been perceived, um, given the the conflict between Russia and and Ukraine, especially given how how the rand is is mostly you know bulked together or used as a as some proxy for for emerging markets. Um, assets or currencies so it usually um is negatively affected when they are negative news for other from other emerging markets but what we have seen is that there have been inflows um into our into our, our asset markets um we have also seen our commodity prices lifting quite strongly and that has all been supportive of the rand. so the rand has not rallied very much um since the conflict so we are not working with a strong um or weak uh, rand a uh, much depreciated rand assumption and and that's possibly how we're also you know remaining more around the 30 rand per, per litre mark uh, when we're thinking about oil prices at least for this year
0: okay no 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 that's fine and now coquette so with everything that you've just said it sounds like there's a whole universe of items to think about when it comes to this um oil issue um it's not a simple cut and dry or black and white type of uh, matter uh, that we are dealing with uh, right now so with all of that in mind then um, one of the big questions that's coming uh, from uh, ordinary South Africans is to say um, and even businesses is to say does government have any you know role to play we understand that in a country like South Africa uh, there's usually a lot that's placed on government responsibility wise to help ease some of these pressures because you know there's only so much that monetary policy could do you know interest rates etc um, when you're faced with uh, oil uh, with fuel going from 20 rand to 30 rand because that's uh you know that's a price increase of a third and if you look at it from the pandemic period that's a more than 150 percent type of increase um that you would have been seeing from there so is it is it realistic to expect government to come in and you know maybe cushion the burden a little bit um because if the U.S. is releasing some of its uh, strategic reserves, uh, 30 million, etc., that's, you know, their own way of acting to reduce some of those pressures. Could we see similar action, um, you know, from uh, South Africa in whatever way they might have some wiggle room um, to help uh, consumers and businesses in South Africa?
1: Yeah, and I mean we we have already seen government making its attempts to alleviate some of that pressure, right? Um, in in the budget, the minister did mention that the fuel levy and the road accident levy and um, the roads accident fund would not be would not be raised, you know. And and I feel like that was some sort of you know a, a measure by government to try and alleviate some of the pressure of of consumers and businesses with regards to the petrol price. Um, the, the argument at this point is whether there couldn't be a reduction of that fuel levy and um, road accident fund with regards to what you pay at the, at the fuel pump. Um, that, that amount is about six rand um, jointly together. So, um, you know, government could maybe come into that uh, to that um, fund and, and try to re- reduce some of the pressure off of consumers. However, it is important to note that the, 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 the treasury is also on a mission to try and find uh, fiscal sustainability. So by doing that, they would be reducing the amount of revenue that they have to work with. And we cannot forget that there is already some social pressure onto government to try and support um, households that are not uh, in work right now that uh, have been severely affected by the pandemic and related lockdowns. So it's a very tricky um, and and, and hard trade-off to make. We did see in the Budget that the government is working towards fiscal sustainability and consolidation, and and they've used some of the revenue windfall that they got from um, from miners uh, with related to the elevated commodity prices that we had last. Yeah, and that has supported the fiscals in, in reducing the deficit, but also supporting households through the, the SR other measure that, that takes that um, you know, reduces the amount of revenue that government could could generate. Um so yeah, it's a it's a catch twenty two at this point. Uh but it is interesting to see that these didn't alleviate pressure at the pump.
0: No, most certainly we we hope that uh, you know they'll be able to extend some help. Um, because like you said, it's a catch twenty two. There's only so much um that government Can do if we're going to be, you know, 100% honest about what's going on out there. They already have so much, um, you know, uh, spending and subsidizing that they're already doing uh, for South African consumers. So, on the last point, because this is something that's affecting all of us right now, a new round of load shedding, um, just your thoughts around everything that's going on, because it seems that things are escalating at the moment. We started off at uh, stage two, and now we're at stage four. And and uh, I can imagine this is likely going to have some type of impact uh, for consumers and businesses. I'm in Johannesburg right now, and it's raining, you know, so, you know, one can imagine what uh, rain plus having no electricity could mean uh, for many South Africans out there.
1: Yeah, Muriwa, that is a that is a question that has been with us for, for some time. And, I mean, um, from a forecasting perspective, we've always said, you know, that South Africa will also, South Africa's economic recovery will rely um, on 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 the performance of our peer or trading partners. We have also mentioned that some of the headwinds that we consider when we're thinking about um, the economic recovery is definitely uh, load shedding. You know, so load shedding is a very, very. I mean, electricity is a very important input in in manufacturing and in production. You know, in, in in even providing services. So it affects a lot of industries across you know the the economy, and and it's always been or, or has been for some time, um, you know, a, a great source of of um, downward pressure to our economic growth forecasts. And that is something that we have put forward uh, for quite some time and and it continues to be a risk and continues to present itself as a risk. As you rightfully mentioned, we now move to stage four and that could have implications on how production and, and, and uh, in general, households' uh, sentiment, um, business and household sentiment, uh, develop as we go through this economic recovery. And, I mean, it's coming to us at a, at a point where we are also dealing with these elevated oil price pressures. Um, you know, this is a global problem. Um, estimates of global growth right now are being downscaled. Um in simply, uh, you know, in relation to this thing, um, very high um, natural gas um, prices and shortages there as well. So, being one of our major trading partners, it's going to have an impact on 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 what we think about growth locally. Um, so it's it's becoming a general energy problem, and filtering it through to South Africa, it is affecting sentiment. Uh, we believe. We also think that you know um, a weaker economic environment will have very important um, in, implications for how we're able to get some of those jobs back that we lost uh, during the lockdown or during the pandemic shock. So so it's becoming a very big problem. And I think the other thing to consider is that you know these elevated oil prices have implications for demand, right, in what we call demand destruction, because um, these elevated oil prices could mean that people have less amount or less money to spend um, or discretionary spending that they can do. So they can spend less on other goods and services besides these necessities, um, such as energy and food. And so that has implications for, you know, these other other sectors of the economy as well. And I think it's important also from a business perspective to consider that a lot of these businesses um, are complaining about some margin pressure, right? If you look at the divergence between uh, producer price inflation and and consumer goods inflation, uh, you can see there's a strong divergence showing that, you know, some of these price pressures that have been felt have not been fully passed on to the consumer. So what happens to businesses as they as they really st- go into the recovery, continuing to struggle, continuing to face um, production um, inefficiencies related to load shedding? So it becomes an issue of um, do those producers eventually pass on those cost pressures to, to, to consumers? And what would that mean for general inflation? What would it mean for general demand? Because um, less and less of the consumer or household budgets are available for spending or, or available for demanding other goods and services so it's it's becoming a general problem and obviously as households demand less being one of the uh, being the single largest Component of GDP from a demand side. We are we are very concerned about um, demand destruction in this current environment, um, given the fact that you know these elevated price pressures are going to, um, you know, households are going to feel the pinch from these elevated price pressures.
0: So, Kuketsa, with everything that uh, you know we're talking about, um, we've given all of these different options, uh, but surely you know from a monetary policy point of view, we had sort of um, discounted a little bit, you know what type of wiggle room um, that they do have but you know from a central bank point of view what do you um, think you know the central bank could possibly do um, just as a way to help um, consumers because that's been their mission um, over the years and especially during this pandemic time and one can only imagine how much more of a burden um, that is to navigate especially with all of these um, different factors that we are discussing for today.
1: We, we all know that, you know, elevated price pressures, even if they are from the supply side, which monetary policy can't really do anything about. They can't do anything about elevated fuel price pressures. They can't really do anything about volatile food um, price pressures. However, if it filters through to, you know, um demands at the wage level, um, or even just inflation expectations in general. That is something that the Reserve Bank will be very concerned about. Um, The Reserve Bank has worked very hard to move inflation expectations from the range around 6% uh, towards 4.5%, you know, And I think that is something that they're not going to take lightly going forward. So if these elevated fuel and food price pressures, electricity price pressures filter through to wage negotiations and potentially having second round effects um, from the core inflation side, it will be something that the Reserve Bank wants to nip in the bud. So we expect the Reserve Bank to continue hiking um, 25 basis points at each meeting um, just to make sure that inflation expectations are anchored. Should these price pressures um, elevate even further, there could be potential that the Reserve Bank hikes um, more aggressively, but we are cognizant that they, um, or we are considering that they will be thinking about the growth impact as well. As I've already mentioned, some demand destruction could come through um, from these elevated price pressures. So it will be a very difficult balancing act, but we think that in general, the Reserve Bank will want to maintain or contain rather inflation expectations.
0: (laughs) So that's been it. Thank you so much uh, to Koketsu Mano, who is an economist over at FNB, um, giving us some insight um, into what all of this stuff that's going on around the world means um, you know, for the economy, because there's a lot um, that we cover today, mainly around uh, the Russia-Ukraine crisis and its potential impact um, on oil markets. We've seen um, what's actually happening in those oil markets, and oil is considered to be a base company commodities so um, everything that's going on over there is likely going to be having a big impact on us um, here in South Africa. In addition to all of that stuff just talking um, as well just around uh, the different interventions that governments around the world have been um, playing around with particularly the U.S. when it comes to this question uh, of where do you source your oil given that Russia is a big oil producer and what all of that means uh, for oil prices going forward. Some of the projections um that they have she was talking about uh, some of the scenarios uh that they are playing around you know what happens if oil touches 150 dollars and um in south africa you know them predicting um 24 you know maybe even going up as much as 30 um rand a liter what does all of that mean what type of wiggle room do consumers have um what type of um assistance um could government be giving yeah you, know, you know to assist all of those different issues and then just uh, ending off talking about load shedding because unfortunately this is uh the reality in south africa and one just hopes uh, that we don't see an another escalation in terms of uh, the stages because we did move from stage two to four um you know what does all of this mean and you know when it comes to government what can they do you know just given a lot of the pronouncements that they made in the national budget and also at the same time, um, how can the Reserve Bank and monetary policy come to uh, the table in aid of uh, the South African economy? We wait to see how all of these different factors, you know, work together in the coming uh, coming weeks, the coming months, uh, because all of this is an evolving situation. I mean, we're literally, um, you know, just about uh, the second year anniversary of the COVID nineteen pandemic, and I remember when we got into it, a lot of people thought it was just going Last for maybe a month or two. Um, Yet here we are, you know, more than uh, about 23, 24 months later, right? And one can think about uh, the current uh, Russia Ukraine crisis in the same way, in the same way that this has been a long time coming. Um, When you look at the moves that Russia um, and Ukraine have been making over the years, one can imagine that resolving this is actually going to also take, um, you know, a bit of time to actually work through. Um, We hope that the conflict, the actual fighting in soon but an actual resolution to all of the issues, all of the gripes uh, that the Russians and the Ukrainians have that's likely going to take some time how is all of that um, going to affect us here in South Africa and especially um, the sentiment around emerging markets. Uh, so once again uh, thank you so much uh, to Keketso and that's been it for today.
1: This is Mudiwa's Take.
0: This is uh, unprecedented times. I think we use this term quite a bit when we got into the COVID-19 pandemic and we seem to be using it once again um, as we deal with the Russia-Ukraine crisis, um, you know, right now, once again, unprecedented simply because um, it's been decades since we last saw, um, you know, a major conflict on the European continent. What is it all going to mean? A lot of people talking about the fact that, uh, you know, we might see spillover, over into other countries because um, as much as russia is a huge country in europe ukraine is also one of the biggest countries in europe so the two countries um you know going at each other is likely going to have some type of an impact um, on the rest of the continent what is that going to mean uh, for the rest of the world could we find ourselves um, in a world war three that's uh, the big thing that a lot of people are wondering about but for now it's the oil price that people are concerned with and the reason why we keep going on and on about it is because it is a base commodity it's one of those things um that uh, feeds into everything that we do on a daily basis transport is literally at the heart uh of any economy because goods need to move from a b uh, a to b and at the same time people need to move from b to c so all of that stuff feeds into you know almost everything that goes on uh, you know in and around um the world so you you know, as an input and as a base commodity, um, the fuel is going to likely influence um, everything else that happens, you know, from here on forward and actually stoke, um, likely stoke even more fears um, around, you know, the inflation woes uh, that were already being predicted at the moment. We are going to see how all of this stuff is going to progress. Uh, but for now, we certainly hope uh, that we don't find ourselves in a situation um, where we have in South Africa fuel sitting at